This episode is brought to you by Menard Premium Detailing, the best auto detail company in Bucks County, where convenience meets luxury. They specialize in detailing luxury vehicles, but the limits are endless. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and at MenardPremiumDetailing.com. This episode is also brought to you by Shamrock Sun. Fair-skinned folks like myself are used to getting burned, overpaying for big sunscreens, tiny tubes every other week. It adds up, and it's inconvenient. Well, now it's a thing of the past. Meet Shamrock Sun, your new big-ass bottle of sunscreen delivered by subscription. Check them out on Instagram and at shamrocksun.com. We're talking about playoffs. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It is episode 27 of Thoughts from the Shade. It is the first episode of 2022. We made it to the second calendar year of Thoughts from the Shade. And before we uh, before we dive into the birds and, and that magic to start the year, let's throw it over to Bomb. Bomb, I just wanted to see, do you have any New Year's resolutions or... Any anything? Any ideas for the new year? Nah, not at all. When you live life to the fullest, there's no need to put a resolution out there. My resolution is to do uh, even more than what I did last year on the golf course: kick your ass, take your cash, and uh, really enhance my bank account out there on the course. So, obviously, with it, you know, being winter and and snowy, I can't really get around to that resolution right now. But come spring, I'm ready. It's not a good resolution, man. My resolution is to keep grinding away at this back. I'm through physical therapy. I'm back in the gym. We're strengthening and we're building for March, man. So you build up that bank account. I'll build up the back and uh, I'll be ready to take your cash in the spring. I don't think so. Now that's good stuff. But uh, yeah, here we are 2022. Let's get it going. And the Eagles started this year on a high note, a uh, big win on Sunday, 20 to 16 over the Washington football team. Um, the San Francisco 49ers took care of the Texans. The uh, the Saints, excuse me, held on against the Panthers. So we needed a Green Bay Packers win over Minnesota on Sunday night. We got it easily. Kirk Cousins was out. It was a blowout. The Eagles are in the playoffs. And we got a text from one of our loyal listeners and good friends. He said... Episode 27, the P word. Wow. Yeah. We're in, man. Heading to the playoffs and, uh, you know, this week, obviously the Saturday night game against, against Dallas, really not, not too meaningful for the birds. Um, you know, I, I can't with the way this new, new playoff format is with seven teams and one team getting a buy and this and that, I can't make heads or tails of what the hell would happen with a win or a loss or this or that. And I know you sent you sent across or somebody sent across in a group chat, like all the different scenarios that can take place, who they might play. I don't give a shit. Rest everybody. Give everybody COVID this week. Give everybody the week off and let's go into the playoffs riding high with a week of rest. Yeah, it looks like COVID. Well, I was going to say COVID might be doing us a favor. I mean, that's, you know, obviously boring. Everybody gets out uh, healthy on the other side, but. Uh, doing us a favor in, in regard that 
I don't think a lot of these guys are going to be put put in the game on Saturday night against Dallas. Um, COVID or not, I think you got to rest them. I wasn't completely anticipating, and I know you weren't either, that the Eagles would have clinched this week and would be in this situation. They don't need the Dallas game. So I did have down to talk about should, should they rest guys, should they not. Um, I'm on board with you. Have to rest everybody. Anybody that's going to contribute in two weeks in the playoff game, I don't want to see them on the field on Saturday. Um, do you want to recap the game a little bit, the yeah, Washington game, it. and then we'll uh, we'll we'll take a look ahead to, I mean, I guess not Dallas, but but more so the playoffs and maybe who we'd prefer for the Eagles to play. Um, but they're in, and, and the the reason they're there is the win, the win on Sunday, twenty to sixteen, uh, down in Landover over the Washington football team it was an. Eagles heavy crowd. Honestly, you could hear it here coming through the TV pretty good. Some boos, some cheers. The Eagles faithful were out there. They were falling over, uh, you know, guardrails. Jalen Hurts, man of the people, was picking them up, taking pictures. It was just a great day uh, to be an Eagle and to be an Eagles fan. I mean, Bob, any takeaways or any observations? Yeah, just good to see that this team continue to continue to win, continue to pull pull games out at the end. I mean, obviously the concern is how they start, but you know, obviously with with uh, with Washington driving down the field there and at the end of the game and to get a big play from McLeod where he's laying out full tilt and hauls that interception in. I mean, that, those are those are hallmarks of a winning team when you have to have it, when you got to have a stop, they get the job done. Yeah, that was huge, obviously. And I just look at the first half. You talked about the slow start. Um, I mean, I thought Sirianni wasn't great in the first half. He got it together. I think it was the first drive or the second drive for the Eagles. He goes for it on, on a fourth down when they're down 7 nothing. I'm just kind of thinking get, get points on the board. You know, Washington's not going to completely light us up. So I was a little bit concerned uh, in the first half, but they got it together. Um, the other thing at the end of the first half, I don't know if you took notice, I believe the Eagles are down 13, seven and Washington had the ball and they weren't really moving down the field. They were just handing it off to Patterson seemed content to take it to the room. Uh, they were probably around their own 35 and with like 34 seconds left Sirianni calls a timeout. I want to say it was before a third and two play and he stops the clock for Washington and then they complete like two passes, get down the field, and make it 16-7 before half. And that was just another decision. I was kind of like, dude, what what are you doing? I mean, great great to get the win, but just just things to look at as as we move into the playoffs now because th- these are decisions that can bite you in the back. Yeah, and I, obviously they scored they scored what twice on fourth and goal. Um, the the Eagles or Washington. No, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. So, so the fact that you even have to get to fourth and goal to pound, like to pound two touchdowns in, is concerning. Um, but you know, bottom line, they got the job done. That that style though isn't going to play in the playoffs against the LA Rams, against the, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks, against whoever you know, whoever you want to throw out there. You, you got to get up early. You know, the defense came out, and, and I mean, like Washington was moving the ball at will. I mean, the team that got run out of the stadium by Dallas just a week ago was moving the ball at will. And, uh, you know, just, just so everyone's aware, we did give you that winner. We did we we did give you Washington. We, we knew they would throw a little more fight at the birds. They did cover. The Eagles got the win. Really best case scenario. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to give give Washington a little bit of credit. They they were certainly up for the game, and they they made it tough on the birds. I mean, specifically, I th- I, w- I would say the whole the whole game, they made it really tough on the Eagles' offensive line in the passing game. I thought the pass protection was pretty weak for in front of Jalen Hurts on Sunday. I thought Malata had a pretty tough game, and and he's had a great year, and we locked him up to that big deal. So. You know, every everybody has their day, and Lane Johnson had a few penalties. It was just a tough day for the O line, and we we don't typically see that. So you just hope that Washington kind of didn't put something on film for Tampa Bay or the Rams or Arizona or whoever the Eagles get in a couple weeks for them to to get after the Eagles' offensive line because that's why the Eagles have gone on this run is is the great play of the offensive line. So in order to have any chance in any playoff game against one of these better teams, uh, they need to perform. Yeah, agreed. I, I want to give a little bit of credit to the defense, specifically in the second half, up until that, that last drive where, you know, Washington marched right down the field uh, leading up to the McLeod pick. But in the second half of that game, I think you saw a little bit of an adjustment from Gannon, and you also saw, saw a little bit, better effort from the D-line in terms of getting after Heineke because in the first half, they didn't get after him at all. He was picking us apart, and he's no uh, he's no Brady or Rodgers by any means, but in the second half, you saw some different looks. I mean, I don't know that they were bringing more than four guys, but I, you saw some more guys on the line of scrimmage and then guys backing off into coverage. Um and just kind of mixing up looks, and they got a lot of pressure on Heineke in the second half. You saw a couple sacks from Sweat. He had a nice game. Uh, Avery had a big one as well. So I just think that um, the adjustment at halftime from from Gannon was uh, was respectable. Uh, granted, the last drive, the prevent defense, that shit never works. Um, but like you mentioned at the top, McLeod coming up with the big play, getting it done and shutting it down. Let me ask you something. What would the vibe be if? Um... I mean, if Washington goes down and scores six there, that game's over, right? The Eagles lose. What, what, what do you think the vibe would be on this pod in the greater Philadelphia area had had McLeod not come up with that pick and had Washington, you know, moved down the field and punched it in? Would, would we still be as as high on the Hurts, Sirianni, Gannon trio? Absolutely not. No, I mean, the other thing that that you mentioned before, when when you evaluate this team and evaluate this game. Washington was a team that that just got decimated or, or destroyed by Dallas on Sunday night the week before. Like, wasn't even a game. And then the Eagles play such a tight game against Washington. They get the win, and they're in the playoffs, and it's all good and well. But, yeah, if Washington finishes off that drive, it's uh, the sky is falling in Philadelphia and the greater Philadelphia area for sure. It was to show how important a couple couple different plays are either way, right? Definitely. And I thought uh I thought for the lack of protection he got, I thought Hertz played pretty well. He had a, a, a couple crazy scrambles to keep plays alive and, and get some balls downfield and just escape and, and run himself. Um so feel kind of good about him in terms of, of that aspect. Um but still seeing it. What did you think of the run game, Sands Miles Sanders? I mean, obviously Joe Ho was was running the rock. B Scott, what what did you think? Oh, I thought it was great. But before I get to that, I just don't want to pump Hurts too much because I think you still see him missing missing guys open and 
um, especially early in the game when they didn't convert that early fourth down. I think he had guys. I think he had Gainwell on, on third down or second down, and he had Smith going to the end zone on third down. So you'd, you'd like to see him keep his eyes downfield a little more and, and hit some of these guys. But in terms of the run game, I thought the run game was great. And I texted you. I texted a few other people. I don't want to see Miles Sanders ever again this year unless Scott and Howard go down. I mean, it's just incredible that like five, six Boston Scott out of what is he out of Louisiana Tech, I want to say. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even know. But like not a high draft pick, not a big prospect. The guy just gets it done. Like he's five six. He's not overly fast. He's not overly agile, but the guy sticks his foot in the ground, gets north south, and, and he's scoring tutties and running through these holes that these guys are creating for him. I thought the run game was fantastic. Yeah, and he's a killer on that little Texas route out of the backfield. I mean, we I mean, I, I have you ever seen Miles Sanders like catch a Texas route out of the back backfield and cut it up the field, up the center of the field for fifteen or twenty yards? Never. Ever. Never. No, I haven't seen him catch any route out of the backfield, honestly. But, no, you, you got a strong effort from Scott. Um, Howard got stuffed a little bit early. When You talk about having the fourth and goal situations and struggling inside of, of the 10 and then the goal to go downs there. But he got going a little bit later in the game. I think the Eagles got the ball with about seven or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and I think they really leaned on Howard on that drive to move the ball down the field and, and kick the field goal to extend the lead a little bit. Um, so you saw him get, get going there and that was huge to, to kill some clock and extend the lead. Yeah. On Hertz, uh, maybe just a thought on him from my side. I mean, the thing that I love about watching him compared to the previous quarterback is even when things don't go perfectly, like he finds a way to get the job done. Like a couple, a couple of the plays that stood out to me were the scramble and the big throw to Greg Ward on like third and 14 or third and 17, whatever that was. Like he bought time, he evaded the pressure, rolled out, realized it wasn't a situation where he can roll out and, and run to get the first down. He had to throw for it and really threw his guy open. And then the other play is is the, the play you mentioned, right? Fourth and goal, got to have it, need a touchdown, toss to Boston Scott, gets his foot stepped on. And like becomes an athlete, makes a play like seeing that and seeing a guy who just like even when things aren't going perfectly, he just finds a way to make a play. I mean, what what a refreshing sight compared to that loser, that bumblefuck idiot, Carson Wentz, who needs everything to go his way. Everything needs to be perfect for Carson. I mean, did you see the ball that he threw earlier this week that went down in the end zone and got tipped up? And, and caught by T.Y. Hilton. He threw a ball into like triple coverage. It gets tipped up and caught by T.Y. Hilton. I mean, those are the types of things that need to go his way in order to like be successful. And just to see like Jalen Hurts, like there's no blaming of the O-line. There's no blaming of the front office. Like this guy just comes out and fucking plays, man. Yeah, well, that tip touchdown to Hilton, that, that just goes down as one TD pass for Carson for everybody that's not watching the Colts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he, he hit a deep ball. Hurts can't hit a deep ball. Now, and you talk about the play, the play with the pitch out to Scott on fourth down. I mean, if, if Wentz gets his foot stepped on, I think that's an automatic turnover for, for 11, right? And Hurts dude. Dude, is falling over. And like you said, makes an athletic play, puts it, puts it right on the numbers on the pitch. Like, 
the guy ain't perfect, but he's uh, he's good in the face of adversity, I think. Yeah, I agree. Anything else on the game? Now, maybe after the game, should we talk about uh, FedEx Field and how they almost they almost knocked out our QB? What a dump that building is. What a shithole. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I mentioned it at the at the at the jump of the show here, but for those that didn't see it, Jalen Hurts walking off the field after the dub, and you know the Eagles faithful are right right above the tunnel, leading over the rail, and lo and behold, that rail in section whatever of FedEx Field went down, and a couple Eagles fans took a tumble. But Jalen Hurts, like he did throughout the day, uh, evaded the pressure. And was there to pick up pick up the fans and, and take a couple pictures and greet them and glad he's okay. I mean, I'm glad he had his head on a swivel because if he was looking the other way or looking up for whatever reason, I mean, he could have easily sla- snapped his leg, like with that with that big piece of metal coming down and like five or ten people like like that. That's an easy way to like break your leg. And I, I mean, I, I don't even know what would ha- I mean. Jeffrey Lurie would have to. I think dual Daniel Snyder at midfield, like back back in the day, like ha- Hamilton and Burr, how the you know they just like did a duel. Like that's the only way to solve. Like if if Jalen Hurts would have broken his leg, it would have been an owner duel at midfield, or some sort of lawsuit. You would think, right? With uh, with I guess Snyder owns FedEx Field too. Oh yeah, I mean I'd imagine, but uh, just just. Unbelievable. And and the other thing was like I was getting worried because like Hertz is cool, calm, collected. Like he just gets out of the way and then like helps people up. Guys are taking photos with him. He's got their arms or you know, his arms around them. And you know, I'm immediately thinking, like, look at these drunken idiots. They're gonna give our star quarterback COVID. <laughs> well, thank God we don't need him next week. Yeah, thank God. I mean, who you never know. I mean, you you might have needed him next week if not for that Packers outcome. So Right, and and they came out today, Monday, and said I think it's up to twelve Eagles are on the the COVID list or tested positive or what, whatever they call it in the NFL's protocol. There's a good chunk of Eagles players uh, involved uh, with the COVID situation. I mean, some pretty big names: Goddard, Kelsey, both running backs, Scott and 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 Howard. I mean, yeah, I mean maybe this is just a sign, like, hey, let's let's uh, let's shut it down this week. Yeah, shut, seriously, shut it down. Don't even come to Novacare. Everybody stay home, rest up, get your body right, heal up from the vid, and we'll kick it back off, uh, you know, next Tuesday or Wednesday as we as we look forward to the playoff game. But, you know, sitting watching this game and watching the win and the Eagles clinching last night, and you're probably going to think I'm nuts or, or get on me for this one, but I, I just couldn't help to think about the name of our head coach and the name of, of the last guy that delivered big for the Eagles in the playoffs in Nick Foles. Like, do we have something with Nick and the Eagles in the city? I mean, are, are we, are we on, are we on to bigger and better things? I don't know, maybe Nick's maybe Nick's the way to do it. It's the season of St. Nick. You know, we get a little present under our, our tree this year in the form of a playoff berth. I don't know, maybe there's something to it. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, the playoff berth is great, but, like, 
since since he's Nick, is he going to shock us even more and and take us on a run here? I don't. I, I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely stunned. I'd be stunned if this team made a run. Could I see them knocking off like a L.A. Ram team? Yeah, I can see that. They stink. They've always stunk. They always will stink. They've always stunk against the Eagles. Um, you know, with the previous regime. But I, I mean, I'd be shocked if if they went if they made a deep run. That would be stunning. I think I'm just grasping at straws because I'm kind of with you. I'm watching this team and know what they are and, and what they got. I, I don't foresee. I think there's a bigger story here, dude. I think the story is around what the Eagles did at the beginning of the year. Um, They improved their quarterback room better than any team in the NFL. They have, what, the the biggest cap hit of any team for a guy that doesn't play on their team? Carson Wentz. Um, I think of teams that have what was it, 60-plus million in dead cap money? The Eagles are the only team with a winning record. You got teams like the Lions on that on that list. So you're, you're literally, you literally have like probably one-third of your cap allocated to guys that aren't here, the biggest number being Carson Wentz. And like I said at the beginning of the year, addition by subtraction, he's gone. He went to an 11-5 Colts team that was a playoff team with an aging Phillip Rivers, and they are in a fight for their life next week to make the playoffs. Looks like Wentz wasn't an upgrade from from old man Rivers, huh? No. And meanwhile, the Eagles, you know, O line, which was which was dragged through the mud by uh, by the fans, the Wentz worshippers, the crop toppers, the you know the Simmons slurpers. Um, all of a sudden, the O line, oh, it's the best O line of football. All of a sudden, you get the ball out, you evade pressure. It's the best O line of football. Like, let, let's not forget where we came from here. People are going to talk, oh, this is great. This is great. No, there's a there's a fraction of our fan base that should be shamed, that should be ostracized as it relates to this playoff berth. They were unwilling to look to the future. They they refused to hold number 11 accountable. And you don't get you don't get to to party with us. You don't get to experience this joy as this team totally completes the rebuild and goes to the playoffs. In, in, liter- in literally one year. I don't want to hear from that 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 corner of the fan base. Go kick rocks. Go root for the Colts. I just can't help, like, when I'm watching the Eagles games this year and watching Hurts, especially Sunday, with, with some of the pressure that he faced and just the escapability he has. And whether he just throws the ball away or runs it for, you know, three yards and runs out of bounds, like – all these scenarios that that he's not turning the ball over and he's evading the pressure, those are all the disaster scenarios that we saw from Wentz. And like, do you think the worshippers are sitting there and, and thinking about that whatsoever? Because I know for a fact they're not. I agree with you. They're not thinking about that. They're looking at the throws he misses instead of the plays that he makes in terms of hurts and. I think if the Eagles kept Carson Wentz around their five or six win team this year, I mean, no doubt in my mind. I don't think, I don't think the guys would play nearly as hard for Wentz as they have for Hertz. You look at the camaraderie that that's been built across all three sides of the football, special teams, uh, offense, defense, and uh, Hertz had some really nice things to say about McLeod, how that was probably the best catch of the year for the team. I mean, I can think of a couple that Smitty made, but 
you know, for Hertz to kind of say that, go out of his way to compliment a defensive guy that made the, the play of the game, tells you a lot about how this team is built, tells you a lot about the the locker room, so to speak. And I don't think that's that's what was going on when 11 was at the helm. He's a me guy. He's an offense guy. He's a, hey, come down to my ranch in Texas and we'll throw some footballs and shoot some freaking animals that, you know, don't know what's coming and I'll cook up some bison burgers. And, you know, that's his thing. He's very clicky. He's a clicky guy. And Hertz is not a clicky guy. Hertz is a team guy. Hertz is a winner. Hertz is the guy. I'm telling you, this is this is beautiful. These Wentz worshipers, I don't even, you shouldn't even turn on the TV in January. Don't even turn on the Eagles game. Go watch the Colts losers. Dude, I think I think it was the Christmas Day game when the Colts who did the Colts have on Christmas Day? I want to say was it New England? Yeah, I think they had New England. I think they had New England uh, on Christmas Day. And they should they did like a spot for Wentz giving all of his O linemen like Yeti coolers and he bought bought <laughs> he, he bought all the backups Yeti coolers and fishing poles or something. I, I don't know, but just totally speaks to your point. And it's not like we're sitting here and trying to bring to the, to the people that Jalen Hurts is like some elite passer. It's just that like a guy with a little bit of athleticism, a guy with like a clear head on his shoulders and that can see the game and feel the pressure coming and avoid the disastrous plays. Like that's just what makes him better than Carson Wentz. I'm not saying he's got a better arm. I'm not saying he's, uh, he's got the better build as an NFL QB, but he's producing better results. And that's the bottom line. No. And the, the other thing is there's a juxtaposition to be, to be discussed off the field, right? Here you have Wentz, who was the number two pick. Um, they they shipped the Super Bowl MVP out of town and committed to him. They gave him the bag, right? And then the minute there was a, a backup brought in, he got all butthurt. He went into his turtle shell. He refused to come to work. He got his coach fired, you know, and then, and then, he, and then he forced his way out. And you look at that, and you look at the level of the commitment the Eagles gave someone like that, and then you look at the level of commitment that the Eagles gave someone like Jalen Hurts. Really, not much. They brought in a coach who was presumably there to turn around Carson Wentz, okay? Sirianni. Then they brought in Minshew. And people still talk, is this guy gonna is this guy gonna be the starter next year? Or are they gonna is Howie gonna trade all three? So you just look at that mentality. Think about the juxtaposition of those two mindsets. Wentz, a guy who was crowned from day one and totally like packed up, picked up his ball and left the basketball court the minute there was a little sense of adversity or competition. And Hurts, a guy who grinds it out. He doesn't care. He's there. He's here to work for today. He's here to, he's here to work for this week. That's the type of guy that I want playing quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And Minshew came in that Jets game and played a great game. And then the next game, Hurts is back, and he played great. I mean, pretty well against Washington on Tuesday night. And then what did we have? The Giants after that slow start yep. there, got it done there. And then he, I thought he played pretty solid on Sunday again. Like, he didn't, he didn't flounder. He didn't falter. He just got back to work. I mean, think about this, right? In 2019, when the Eagles made the playoffs by winning four straight games against the dog shit NFC East, they were talking about Carson Wentz. The game was Johnny fucking Unitas. 4,000 yards. Not one receiver had 500 this year. He's the best quarterback ever. So happy we got rid of Foles. 
I mean, where are the people preaching from the mountaintop, preaching from the mountaintop about the statistical things that Jalen Hurts is doing with this team, leading them to the playoffs? I mean, where is it? I don't see it. Where are these people? Where are the Wentz worshipers? They're nowhere to be found. They were they were looking to give Carson the MVP in 2019 for the fourth straight <laughs> over the dogs of the NFC East to make the playoffs that year. And we've got we've got Jalen Hurts, who's brought us from from two and five to the playoffs, albeit still against a weaker schedule. But you know, if these people were on the same wavelength as they always are, they they'd be worshiping worshiping him too. And how about the crackpots on that disgusting dumpster of a website, Twitter.com, who were talking about, I'm not, I'm not ready to anoint Jalen Hurt, anoint like, like, uh, you know, like, like they're gonna come down with some holy water themselves off Twitter.com and anoint a quarterback. I'm not ready to anoint him until he wins a playoff game. Really? The fucking ginger Judas asshole that you anointed from day one literally didn't even play a fucking quarter. He took he took off on one play and then he took off the rest of the game. Wifey came down from the heavens on high and said, "He's a father. Take him out of the game." He tapped out. He's the only quarterback I've ever seen tap out. You know, at least at least uh, Antonio Brown like ripped off his shoulder pads, ran off the field. You know what Wentz did? He handed over his helmet and he went in the blue tent, never to be seen from again. So bad. But where where are these people? Where where are the 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 Hertz heroes? Like why isn't anybody like talking about this guy like an MVP talking about this and you know what I mean? Like where where is that talk? I haven't heard any of that. I'll tell you where they are. They'll be out uh, toward the end of January. What the Eagles will have their playoff game in two weeks. They might be able to to pull one off against like you said Arizona or the Rams or maybe Dallas. Whoever they get right, they might be able to pull one off and then they go to Lambeau and. That's that's a steep climb, but they'll be out after the Eagles exit from the playoffs when, when Jalen Hurts threw a pick and didn't throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns uh, at, at Lambeau Field or something like that, and they'll say, we got to move on from this guy. <laughs> I mean, we, we've said it all year. We're not like we're not calling him the franchise guy. We're not anointing him as Peyton Manning. The guy's just having a nice year. He's winning football games. Like, that's the problem with everybody in Philadelphia, in sports analysis in general, is everybody wants to, like, make it so complicated and argue this little point and that little point and yards per attempt and all this bullshit. Just look at the fucking record. Are we winning games or not? so true dude it's no you know what philadelphia it's it's the leeching of the 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 uh processors into the rest of the the conscience the philadelphia conscience it's this idea that if you can't win a in their mind if you can't win a championship with somebody he's not worth having you don't know that you have no idea yeah but ben simmons and and joel Embiid are worth having this do you like the new the new term i got now with I got the once worshipers. I got the BCI beers. I got the crop toppers, the teeny boppers. The new one I threw out there today was the Simmons slurpers. We need him back. He makes <laughs> us a better team. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, I guess just to wrap, 
wrap on Eagles talk. I mean, there's not much to say about Saturday night. It is what it is. I, I don't anticipate a lot of guys playing, um, but I'm just a guy that will be on my couch. I'm not a I'm not a Novacare or getting any scoop. But I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want any of our guys playing Saturday. What will be will be. We'll play whoever. Um, but in terms of of first round opponent bomb, do you have a do you have a preference? Yeah, I want I want that fucking fraud McVeigh and that loser Stafford. Uh, you know, uh, that's who I want. I want to go out there in front of their little fair weather loser fans, all the Hollywood elites out there paying their money, watching the game in their new stadium that needs to be shut down for a freaking, you know, lightning delay. And I want to go in there and I want to ground and pound those soft ass that those soft ass superstars that are on that team. I want to run right at Von Miller. I want to run right at Donald. I want to dominate the line of scrimmage against these soft-ass Hollywood bums. I kind of agree. Like, I, I pulled up the the photo with the scenarios, which is really tough to decipher at this point, which is, like, why I'm not even, even going to try. But there's nine scenarios and nine possibilities, I believe, for, for next week. In six of them, the Eagles will end up playing Tampa Bay. Or in five of them, they'll end up playing Tampa Bay. In two, they'll play the Rams. One Arizona, one Dallas. If if I'm looking at that correctly, and my math my math holds up there. Five Tampa Bay, two Ar- two L.A. Rams, one Arizona, one Dallas. Totally butchered that, but whatever. Um, I don't feel horrible about playing Tampa Bay. They're they're a little dinged up. I don't know how healthy their defense is, but obviously when they're healthy, their defense is very good. But they're without Godwin. Um, obviously now without Antonio Brown. Um, Evans is pretty pretty nicked up, so I don't think they'll be at full strength. But you never you never want to have a uh, a Tom Brady versus Jonathan Gannon standoff uh, down in Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I'd be happy to play the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals, they played a nice game on the road against Dallas and, and hung in there. Uh, honestly, probably should have blown it and, and would have blown it had that that fumble call not been botched and had McCarthy saved a timeout instead of getting duped by uh, Cliff Kingsbury running out Prater and Murray on a fourth down. Cowboys burned a timeout, came back to bite him in the ass, and they're all bitching that the NFL needs to look at that and get it right. Well, How he took you... a timeout at the end of the game ahead of the two-minute warning. It was his only time. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, how about if your dumbass coach just had a timeout? He could drop the red flag, and they they would get it right. The issue was the, you know, 68-year-old gray-haired fuck in, in the zebra stripes comes running in, whistling, you know, throwing his finger to the ground, saying the guy's down. You don't know that, pal. They come running. That's the issue I have with these referees. They come running in like they have this eagle eye vision and they start puffing on that whistle and giving you the signal. He was down. He was down. And then you look at it and it's like, he wasn't down. You should have called that a fumble because every 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 turnover is reviewed automatically. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's on the coach. It's on McCarthy. But um, per, it's just great to see Dallas, you know, get totally effed at the end of a game. I think back a couple couple years ago when the Eagles were playing in Dallas. Remember the beginning of the game? They had the uh, the, the what was it? the uh, the the 
the first play of the game. It was like an onside kick or something. Like they they had a they had a fumble recovery or some bullshit like that. A ball was touched. All Eagles players, but they didn't see a clear recovery. And then Goddard ran down the field for like a seventy yard touchdown. They called offensive pass interference on him. Meanwhile, he got whacked in the head. You know, direct helmet to helmet hit. He's running down the field with like his helmet half off, and they're calling it back for offensive pi. I, I won't I won't uh, you know shed any tears for Dallas. Great to see them get totally fucked on a call. Just to hear the the Dallas faithful bitch in about the officiating. I mean, come on, it happens. And and I don't know if you saw it, but in the second half of that game, our boy Zach Ertz caught a pass, and he got punched in the face. And yeah, there man. was there was no talk of it from Buck or Aikman. There was no flag. There was no review. The 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 DB. I don't know who it was on Dallas. I guess he was trying to punch for the ball. Maybe maybe not. But he blatantly punched Zach Ertz in the face. So how and, is that allowed? I know I know everyone's taught to punch the ball out, but like, you know, you're you're also taught to like hit the quarterback in the chest, and if you hit him in the fucking helmet, it's a penalty. For sure, no. But always good to see them get jobbed. But Arizona was going to give that game away, so they, they don't scare me. And, and they're really bad at home. They play better on the road, so the Eagles will be going to Arizona. Um, and they're they're a soft team. Did you see when they had to run it out? They had to run option football because they can't run the ball. Yep, they're running option football with that little midget Mary, and he's flipping the ball out to the boundary into his running back. I mean, that is a soft style of football. That is not going to win you games in January. Give me give me the Cardinals. Give me the Rams. I mean, you, you say the Bucks are are banged up. I get it. Antonio Brown quit, but like, you know, still you're playing against Tom Brady. I'd take Stafford and Mary all day long. Two softies. Nah, I'm totally with you. Um, I just, I just feel like with Tampa Bay, I don't, I don't think they're, they're at the level that they were going into the playoffs last year. Uh, but still, still not my preference. Obviously. I mean, we didn't see them. You know what I mean? We played them earlier, and and obviously didn't didn't go the Eagles' way. They, you know, made made the score look better than it really was with some late touchdowns there. But you know, that's the old adage. You know, it's tough to beat a team twice. For sure. And I don't think I would want to play Dallas, honestly. Like, I feel like they just – they kind of have our number the last few years and going into Jerry World and, and getting absolutely blown out, I would – that would be a really tough way to, to to end the year. Yeah. I just don't I, don't – I don't think we would match up. So, give me the cards. Give me the Rams. I, I'm kind of with you. Like, it just makes you think back to when Nick Foles took over for Wentz and they were like 13-point dogs on Sunday Night Football and they went into L.A., and beat the fucking Rams, and they were ready to run it back. Dude, they were five and six at the time. You said it, 13, 13 and a half point dogs. I took them out, right? Because Foles was inserted in the lineup. And that Mc, that McVay's a fraud. That McVay is a total fraud. You know what? That guy went to a Super Bowl with this high-flying offense and put up three fucking points. So every time, anytime you turn on the NFL on Fox and the, and the Rams are on and you're watching the game and they talk about how creative Sean McVay is. Just remember that. That guy went to his Super Bowl and put up three fucking points. The guy's a loser. He's a beneficiary of the stroke fest. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That guy, him and Shanahan are the two stroke fests like heroes. That haven't won shit. Haven't won shit. You know, but he's coach of the year. The year Doug, you know, Doug, Doug wins the Super Bowl. And, and McVay's coach of the year. Doug stuffed that guy in a locker every time he played him. Great stuff. Um, looking at the scenarios, given Tampa Bay is the most likely destination for the Birds, 
Uh, and we'll, we'll round out the Eagles conversation on this bomb. But if the Eagles go to Tampa Bay uh, for Wild Card Weekend, what would you project the point spread to be? That's a good question. Um, I put you on the spot. Five and a half or six. Wow. Five yeah. and a half or six? Yeah, I, th- I think it. I think it'd be border. I think it'd be more than a field goal. Dude, if dude, if next Sunday night or Monday morning when the fucking matchups and the lines come out, and the Eagles will play the Eagles play Tampa Bay and it's five and a half or six, I'm thinking Eagles outright. <laughs> Seriously, dude, I, I if if the Eagles play Tampa Bay, I think the line will probably be like. Eight and a half or nine. Oh, dude, I don't know, man. I don't know. If it were eight and a half or nine, I'm hammering the Bucks, but I don't know, dude. I think like I could see it being inside a touchdown at like five and a half or six. That would really make me believe that the Eagles have a chance to win the game, man. I think they do have a chance to win the game. I, none of these teams scare me, you know. I think Brady would be like the number one dude you don't want to see, obviously, because of everything he's ever done, but these teams are all flawed. You know, it all comes down to can you put pressure on the QB and can you keep pressure off your QB? It's all one in the trenches, and we know the Eagles can can do a job with the O-line. The question is, can can the D-line, can the, can the defense scheme up some pressure, maybe create some turnovers, some strip sacks, some, some tip balls? I don't know, man. I mean, anything can happen in a one-game playoff. Yeah, I think the only team, and we've said it before, but the only, the only team that scares me completely is is Green Bay. Um, I was actually out last night um, with our buddy Grant over at uh, Menard Premium Detailing, and, and he's a big Packers fan. And you know what? I, I said to him, I said, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to put something on the record, and here I am again, I'm going to put it on the pod. I would be shocked if the Green Bay Packers don't win the Super Bowl? Hmm. I'm trying to think. NFC. I'd be shocked if they don't go to the Super Bowl. I, I I could see them losing in a Super Bowl, but I'd be shocked if they don't get there. Their head and shoulders are the best team in the NFC. Agreed. Well, looking forward to it. Can't say I'm really looking forward to the game against Dallas. It's all... Uh formality at this point but let's just get through it let's let's get our covid guys recovered let's let the bodies heal hit the cold tub the training room and get ready for two weeks as our philadelphia eagles are going to the playoffs baby i got some bad news too i I will not be watching the the game on saturday i mean i don't blame you um it's acceptable it's acceptable I'll, i'll tell you why you know i think again this this speaks to the absolute arrogance of the nfl the fact that they flex this game Saturday night at 8 p.m. Um, I received a, a wonderful gift from my significant other for Philadelphia Flyers tickets on Saturday at 7 p.m. And Roger Goodell has the has the balls to schedule that game at 8:15. Like like there's nothing else going on down there. That's a disgrace. Well, they were gonna double dip on Tuesday night before the Flyers and Caps got postponed that that night too. I know. I mean, when is the when is Gary Bettman going to throw his hands up and put his foot down? This is ridiculous. Terrible. Well, you'll 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 see the sim- similar level of play that that you would see from the backups from Dallas and and the Eagles in the <laughs> Wells Fargo Center on Saturday night. 
<laughs> Lovely. Well, that's that's nice, man. Enjoy. But I th- I think I mean we we were texting with a guy, another listener, and it's Eagles Washington one o'clock on Sunday. It's a it's a must win game. It's a it's a win and potentially in game. This guy's on the fucking golf course. That's unacceptable. <laughs> like I think it's acceptable to, especially if you had prior plans and with the scheduling going down as it has for for this game Saturday night. And no, nobody's going to play. So I think I, I'm giving everybody a pass. If if you don't watch the Eagles Saturday night, it's okay. Yeah, you can't be you can't be golfing on a must. You know, the game that's been on the schedule, it's a must win. I mean, it's not September. And I'm all for you know playing a, a round of golf on like a, a fall morning and missing you know the first half or whatever. In in December and January, that that's that's a disgrace. Yeah, well, he's probably got a tee time lined up for for wild card weekend too. <laughs> That's only if you can play, Jake. Yeah, right. Um, anything else on the birds or on on the league? Nah, maybe just uh, you know what, what? Do we do we have any sense of what the Colts need to do to get in? It, they, do they just have to win? I know they're like locked into that sixth slot. I think if they win, they're in. I'm pretty sure they're playing Jacksonville. Oh, wouldn't that just be the game where if Trevor Lawrence could ever find something and like build, you know, build on something heading into the offseason? Wouldn't that just be a delight to see them knock off the Colts? Colts at Jags, one o'clock on Sunday. Colts What's that mi- Colts minus fifteen and a half. <laughs> <laughs> could you that, imagine? That is an absolute must win, have to have it, can't lose game. But if they ever lost that game, oh my God. Wow. Hopefully that one's on TV because I would love to watch that. Just just to see a scare get put into two. You think about that. That's that's the team he's got to beat to make the playoffs. And they and they're they're ready to build statues of this guy. Like he's in twenty nineteen, he was four thousand yards, five hundred not even five hundred yards receiving. He was throwing at Greg Ward. Who the hell was Jalen Hurts dodging pressure and throwing to yesterday? Dude, don't get same fucking guy. Anything else you wanted to get to tonight? No, nothing. All right, well, thanks for, for hopping on. Always a pleasure, Bomb. Uh, thanks to Shamrock Sun. Thanks to Menard Premium Detailing, our sponsors. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And throw us a follow on the Instagram. Like, rate, subscribe, Spotify, Apple. We're out there. Um, appreciate the support as we keep trucking into the new year. So, go, Birds. We look forward to to talking next week, uh, giving an an Eagles playoff game preview. Can't believe we're saying that here uh, in Nick Sirianni's rookie year, but here we are. So take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.